chapter eleven of geographical reader europe by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter eleven commercial and manufacturing france let us look at france on the map to learn if we can why it has been the home of one of the greatest of the european nations the country consists of a great block of rolling plains so guarded by mountains and seas that its inhabitants can easily defend it there are the english channel and the atlantic ocean on the north and the west the mediterranean and the mountain wall of the pyrenees on the south and the alps the jura and the vosges on the east so arranged that only a short chain of fortresses is needed to ward off a sudden attack is it not natural that a great nation should grow up inside such walls of mountains and water yes and when the country within has good seaports and also navigable rivers connected by many canals we see that it is naturally fitted for commerce and trade it has also coal and other minerals and thousands of streams flow down from the mountains giving water power to all sorts of factories as we make our way from one great port to another we shall see that all parts of france are connected by water so that notwithstanding the good railroad system much of the freight still goes upon boats because it is cheaper in some places the coal rate is one cent per ton per mile while in others a ton of goods is carried three miles for a cent we could if we chose visit all parts of france by the seine the loire the rhone and garonne and the canals which connect them the burgundy canal connects the rhone through its tributaries with the seine and the canal du centre joins it to the loire while the canal du midi unites with the river garonne and brings the waters of the bay of biscay and the mediterranean together so that boats can go from one to the other and thus save the voyage of two thousand miles around the spanish peninsula there is also a canal from the seine to the rhine in which by locks the boats are lifted over a pass in the vosges mountains more than a thousand feet high we visit the chief seaports of france and find them filled with shipping from all parts of the world at havre the port of paris at the mouth of the seine we see steamers which have crossed the atlantic from new york with loads of our cotton tobacco and wheat to be sold to the french there are ships from brazil and other parts of south america and also from the united kingdom germany and the many other countries with which france has a great trade we spend some time in bordeaux near the mouth of the garonne it is larger than louisville and is a beautiful city at its wharves are many vessels loading wines and we learn that bordeaux is the chief wine port of the world the french raise grapes in nearly all parts of their country they produce more wine than any other people making enough annually to give a gallon to every man woman and child upon earth and have plenty left for themselves the french consume almost a billion gallons a year nearly every one has wine with his dinner and we see even the little children drinking wine with their lunches as we ride through france on the cars we take a run from bordeaux out into the country to look at the vineyards they are much the same as in many other parts of france where fine wines are produced there are vines everywhere not trained upon arbors or lattice-work but tied to stakes about as high as your waist each vine has its own stake 
the branches being cut almost down to the ground every year many of the hills are terraced the rows of vines making green steps up the hillsides see there are women hoeing in the field over there on that hill to the right they are weeding the vines and tying them with strings to the stakes some of the women wear bonnets so deep we cannot see their faces except when they look up there are children at work in the vineyards as well as women and men on our return to bordeaux we visit the wine cellars they are to be found in every part of the city we walk through cave after cave filled with great casks and thousands of bottles carefully arranged upon shelves such cellars are common in all the wine centers at bordeaux we take the express train from marseilles the chief port of southern france on the mediterranean sea for miles there is nothing but vineyards on both sides of the track now we pass an orange orchard and now see pale yellow lemons gleaming out through the green leaves there are dark green olive trees and semi-tropical plants there are men women and children at work everywhere the women wear white caps and woolen dresses with short skirts even the children wear wooden shoes there is a drove of little donkeys each carrying two panniers of vegetables or fruits to the market farther on are some mules at work in a field everywhere there are roses and other beautiful flowers there is so much to see that we are almost sorry when we reach the end of our journey we spend some days at marseilles it is the outlet for the trade of the rich rhone valley and for all france to the mediterranean and the far east it is as big as pittsburgh and owing to its excellent harbor and the busy and rich french people about it is the chief port of the mediterranean sea we take the cars at marseilles and travel northward through the valley of the rhone to lyon at the head of the navigation of the rhone where the turbulent saone flows into it we are now in what is next to paris the chief manufacturing city of france and in a city where more silks are woven than anywhere else in the world the french make more of those goods than any other nation of europe and in this city there are thousands of men women and children who do nothing else but make silk thread and weave silk lyon is as big as buffalo and it has become great chiefly from its silk manufactures let me tell you how the business started until the latter part of the middle ages europe got the most of its fine silks from italy but a few years after columbus discovered america francis i then king of france sent out word to the silk weavers of europe that if they would come to france they should have more rights than other workmen he said that they should pay no taxes their lodging should be free and they should have the right to wear swords a privilege at that time seldom accorded to any but the nobles the result was that many italian weavers came to lyon which through its industrial fairs was already noted as a trading place they first wove thick silk goods and brocaded velvets such as they had made at home but afterward lighter silks were manufactured the french soon learned silk weaving they made all sorts of new designs until at last it came about that the most beautiful of all cloths were made by them in the meantime paris became the centre of european fashion and art and merchants from all nations went there to get new fabrics and styles until it was found that if a pattern or style originated in paris it was pretty sure to sell well everywhere 
this is the position which the french hold in the world to-day they are supposed to know what is beautiful better than any other nation and they are always inventing new styles we visit schools in lyon where designing is taught and where any one who will pay can learn how to weave the most beautiful silks satins and velvets if he will only apply himself these schools have students from all parts of the world but where does france get the silk thread to weave those fine goods some of it as we saw in marseilles is imported from asia but much is produced right here in the rhone valley in southern france there are many orchards of mulberry trees whose leaves are used for feeding silkworms the people pick off the leaves and lay them upon boards where the worms having been carefully hatched from the eggs of the silk moth are lying after the worms begin to eat they must be kept supplied with food and the people are often up all night tending them at such times you can hear the worms chewing the thousands of little jaws of a large colony making a peculiar noise they grow very rapidly and after a time stop eating and spin their cocoons from which the silk threads are afterwards reeled off by machinery and by hand leaving lyon we visit other silk weaving towns there are many in france for it is a great manufacturing country and there is scarcely a village that is not noted for some industry or another we spend some time in the thriving city of st etienne it is on the swift river ferens in the midst of coal fields where the water power and cheap fuel have caused numerous factories to spring up it might be called the sheffield of france for it makes all kinds of fine cutlery manufacturing five thousand knives every week we are more interested however in the ribbons st etienne weaves more ribbons than any other place in the world it produces more than half of all the ribbons of europe and i think there are many girls in our party who have st etienne ribbons upon them there are many thousand people here who work only on ribbons many millions of dollars worth of such goods being annually exported let us enter some of the establishments many of them consist of a single hand loom in the home of the weaver how pale and wan the work people look and how their tired faces stand out in contrast with the bright threads they are using they must work very carefully upon the best ribbons and some of them labor many hours a day for wages much lower than those paid in our country how beautiful the ribbons are they are of all kinds some have flowers and birds raised in satin on soft silken grounds there are ribbons of gold and ribbons of silver ribbons decorated with all sorts of leaves and ribbons as wonderful in their colors as a peacock's tail all made in these mean little homes we next visit some of the towns where they make lace there is one not far from st etienne where nearly every family is engaged in this work and where in one little district there are more than a hundred thousand lace workers most of them are women but there are many small children knitting away we often see the workers sitting in the street outside their houses plying their reels and even find them in the market-places and on the church steps they are making the torchon lace which is sold all over the world some of the most delicate patterns are stitched upon pillows while others are put together with needles the centers of the woolen and linen industries of france are also quite interesting we have all heard of lisle thread gloves and stockings 
and we wish to visit the place where they are made this is at lisle a city of two hundred thousand people in northeastern france cambrics are made at the town of cambrai not far from lisle there are curious manufacturing villages in the jura and vosges mountains little pittsburghs walled in by hills each of which has its blackened chimneys and clouds of coal smoke one town produces nothing but clocks another makes nails and a third strange to say devotes itself to the study of noses in the last the people are all engaged in manufacturing spectacles making them so they will fit the long nose the short nose and no nose at all people all the world over but there is one thing we must see before we go on to paris and that is how they make china the french are noted for their beautiful porcelains you will find their wares in almost any town of our country the plates or dishes being stamped with the name of the place of their manufacture many of the finest bear the word limoges that town is one of the centres of the porcelain manufacture of france and there we shall go limoges lies in the south-central part of the country near some rich coal mines and close to the beds of fine white clay of which the china is made we watch them dig the clay from the earth and follow it to the mills where it is ground very fine it is next mixed with water into a stiff paste and this paste is treated in certain ways until it becomes a mass not unlike bread dough after kneading the workmen take the white dough and mould it into all sorts of beautiful dishes vases and other such things which are then put into kilns and burnt until they are as hard as glass when they are taken out and cooled some of the dishes are painted and some are decorated with gold some are as thin as an eggshell and so translucent that we can almost see through them later on in our tour we visit saint cloud near paris where the famous sevres ware is made the factory there has been in the hands of the government for more than one hundred years its chief object being to design beautiful things for the benefit of private manufacturers while we are in the works we see a tea set worth three thousand dollars and copies of famous pictures on porcelain some of which sell for as much as ten thousand dollars apiece they are very beautiful but far too costly for us End of chapter 11